Welcome to the Super Hot Bad Guy Podcast, the place where we talk about the bad guys and gals from film and TV and discuss why we find them so sexy. We're your hosts, Markella Dykfus, Natasha Baptiste, Eric Blake. I'm really right. excited about today. Me too. Because it's Christmas and we're doing yeah. Die Hard. <laughs> it's the fourth of the month, but it's Christmas. Yeah, it's technically Christmas. This is when you start watching like Christmas movies, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, after Thanksgiving, people... Just buy all their trees and start putting up their lights. I actually saw someone put up their lights in Greenwood a little bit before Halloween. They decorated for Christmas. Typical. <laughs> yep. With red bows and, and everything. So Everybody's so busy during Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. They can't decorate then. Yeah. You have to do it early. Eric, did you want to talk about Hong Kong? Um, Hong Kong was pretty crazy. So I was there for two weeks just... Wandering around, did some sightseeing, and kind of just went to a lot of, like, bootleg markets. Um, I did get to hang out with a guy from the Hong Kong 501st, so... Really? Oh, you did? Uh-huh, a guy who does stormtrooping stuff over there. And we traded, uh, we traded patches for our garrisons, and theirs were, their patches are really cool. But it was interesting to see, you know, they do stuff slightly differently than what we can do in the U.S. We can basically take any job. If someone wants to donate to charity and wants stormtroopers at their thing, um, but Hong Kong Garrison, it's a little more controlled by Lucasfilm and Disney, so it was interesting, and he was a cool guy. Everything that you're saying is interesting. It sounds almost like a society, like mm-hmm. uh, like the shrine, the shriners. It's sort of yeah. a brotherhood, but we don't pay and any, like, And the purple like, hat, or the red yeah. hat ladies. Purple hat ladies? The purple, is it the purple hat ladies? The red, the hat, red, ladies. red hat ladies. I know what you mean, yeah. It sounds yeah. like that, like... So, depending on what country you're in, these stormtrooper, the stor- your stormtrooper society mm-hmm. has garrison, different rules. Yeah, your garrison has different rules, and some wow. states do it differently. But, um, like, famously, the UK garrison is super, super strict about, you know, never taking your helmet off, um, just certain ways that they stick to interaction. But they're they're really heavily into it because a lot of Star Wars was filmed over there. So, you know... That's where people go to find original props and stuff like that. It's kind of a geeky hub for that kind of thing. Um, I haven't met any UK garrison yet, so I actually don't know if those reports are true. But that's what I've heard, and it seems Hong Kong has to do the same sort of really, really tight-knit approval process and behavior on troops because they are also affiliated with Disney and Lucasfilm, who wants to look good, you know? This is like fantasy football, but with like for real like rules. Or does fan- fantasy football have like rules like this? I don't know. I'm just trying to equate it with something that I know because I had no idea this existed. And every podcast episode, you give us like a little bit more it's detail more like, that I didn't um, realize this entailed. <laughs> because it's more, it's similar to cosplay. Imagine if there was a detective comics costuming guild. So all the Harley Quinns would have to get approved. It'd Wait, be like that. I have a question. But there isn't one of those. Yeah. That so I know of. Can't you just apply to get your suit? Like, what happens if you break the rules? Um, You'll either be listed as inactive or member in bad standing. And okay, all that means then... is that they just don't want you to troop in stuff that isn't screen accurate because but don't you we still do have? But don't you stuff. still have, like, your actual suit? And can't you just, like... <clears throat> You just can't go to, like, their society official, like, shit, because they won't let you or something, right? Does that what... Yeah, like, if it was, like, an educational thing, they would just have troops. But if you're at, like, a convention, there are, uh, 
I don't know how to say this. They're not so much approved, but they are like official members who do very different things. Like Hip Hop Trooper has a red Stormtrooper suit that has three Adidas stripes on it and like gold chains, cool stickers and everything. It's a really Is good Is there different setup. kinds other than those two? Um, well, he's basically like... Like army like, one with like... And his camouflage. And yeah, some people do that for like sports games. My little pony one and he has like a tail in the back. I honestly don't know. It people do so much with troops, <laughs> yeah. but like... He does events in other costumes because he also has a Boba Fett and he has a Sand Trooper that are officially approved. But when he's doing anything that's like more fringe or if he's just out on his own, he just does Hip Hop Trooper, which is so I could do my little thing. I could do my little Pony Trooper. Yeah, you just wouldn't like it. You wouldn't go to <laughs> like I'm doing the Children's Hospital thing soon. You wouldn't be able to go to that because they just want the screen accurate troops and. The My Little Pony troop would be more for, like, cons and just kind of general stuff. Like, we're making sports, um, <laughs> we're making a Seattle sports-themed helmet, my brother and I, and we're gonna wear those to games, but, like, we won't have a whole armor component to it, so yeah. not, nothing about that will get approved. That's just for fun. That's fucking yeah. wild, man. It's pretty cool. It's a good time. So something that I'm learning, well, let me, let me preface this by, I guess, what I've been doing lately. Um, my husband and I bought a house. And I left Facebook and like all media except for like Letterboxd and Tumblr because nobody talks about real shit going on. And I've had some pretty like really awful shit happening in my life. And uh, everybody's been saying like, oh, you know, buying a house is the number one most stressful thing you can go through in your life. Uh, Like Sam's like, you know, I don't know, like a really immediate death or whatever. But buying the house, as stressful as as it is, it's, like, the least stressful thing happening right now. Hmm. Like, my whole life is just... Six months ago, I thought I had hit rock bottom, but it's, like, every day is, like, worse and worse and worse. So, I've been seeing a naturopath for food reasons, but she's also been counseling me on, like, literally, like, everything going on in my life. And I'm going to set this up for you. She is... An older woman. She kind of dresses like like a really calm like teacher. She has like longer brown hair, and I'm telling her about you know my my mental situation and how difficult I'm you know how difficult it is with my life right now. And she starts explaining to me that she has this. She calls it a remedy, and it's like a build a bear where based on my symptoms, she just puts this remedy together and you you can't touch it it's like a pill and you take it but it can't like you can't touch it or anything it's three dollars and it lasts for six months that's crazy so number one i've never heard of anything like this in my life and number two the only thing i can think of when she's explaining this to me is you're a witch (laughs) (laughs) and you're giving me a potion and it's magic because it lasts for six months it's three dollars and it's like you're 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 building me a remedy clearly a witch because you're a witch <laughs> yeah and she's doing this for me because i when i went and uh, met up with her i was explaining to her that i wanted to go to a doctor and start taking some like medication for like antidepressant anxiety type stuff yeah and she was like oh you don't you know that's not good for you that's not natural I'm going to make this witch potion for you. (laughs) But the other thing she's been doing for me is she gave me this tea. And I guess it's not that weird when you think about it because, for instance, if you drink alcohol, 
your body is affected by it and your mind too. When you drink alcohol, you get drunk or you get buzzed. And when you drink coffee, you get energy and like, you know, your mind and your body changes. So uh, she gave me this tea called, it's Tulsi, T-U-L-S-I, original caffeine-free uh, tea with holy basil in it. And if you drink two packets twice a day, it basically feels like you're on Zoloft, but like way healthier. Like it's all natural. It's nothing bad. And I just, I just feel so, there's no anxiety. I'm not worried about anything. I just feel good all day. And it's just fucking tea. So, um. Mixed with potion. No, not yet. She's giving me my remedy, uh, before I go on vacation this month. Uh. Um, yeah. So point being, if anyone is listening that is just riddled with anxiety and has trouble with depression and like anger and worry and all of that. And you think that it's too expensive to like get, you know, something like Zoloft. Try the like the holy basil tea that I'm drinking. It's like, it was like $9 like online and it really works. It sounds fake, but I mean, coffee works, alcohol works. Like these are things that like are legit. So, and we're not being paid to say that either. No, no, but I mean, if you want to pay me, it's fine. <laughs> so yeah, I'm doing better as of like the last five days. It's been great. That's good. Yeah. That's perfect. How are you? I'm good. I went to, I went to Vegas beginning of November for like a hair show. I'm so um, jealous that you get to do that. It was super fun. I mean, it was fun, but I didn't really get to do like Vegas stuff. It was just a lot of classes with a lot of hairdressers. So it was just sitting, which we Still hate doing, fun. and then drinking, which we all love doing. So <laughs> it was like just really sit fun. So you can get to yeah. the sweet, sweet drinking. Yeah, that was basically. It was like let's give them something they will hate for six hours, and then something they love for wow. the rest of the night. But it was really fun, and I learned a lot. I got to see a lot of cool things. Did you have like a cool like night out or anything? Um, the first night kind of we we sat through this like six hour long presentation thing the first night and um they had like drinks and food afterwards and then we ended up going to this like foot massage place in <laughs> Vegas that was like super nice looking and it was so cheap I think it was twenty bucks and we were there at like midnight. And getting like foot getting foot massages and like just chilling <gasps> and and it was great because you know it's vegas so you can like we just were drinking getting foot massages and chilling it was fantastic that sounds crazy it was super fun in seattle at that exact same moment i bet it was like cold and crazy rainy at the yeah. same time and you were like you're like not doing yeah that. i like old lady fun like let's go get massages and drink you've mentioned that before you know what i'm getting to that I'm getting yeah. to that point. I Like, I miss going out and doing crazy things, but Same. I really just want, I want, like, a dinner party with, like, folded napkins. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> well, I miss that, and then I think about it, and I get exhausted. I'm just like, but I'm so fucking tired. Yeah. Like, I just, can we just sit somewhere? <laughs> Eat and have wine. <laughs> How is that not Poor old fun? ladies. <laughs> that's pretty much where I'm at, though. How old, how old are you guys? 30. 29. I'm 30. Woof. Mm-hmm. I got that woof from you. Yeah? Yeah, because I edit the podcast and it takes me like three weeks to edit sometimes. I just heard you say woof 20 times. And then I was watching a movie and I was like, oh, woof. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> Would you like to introduce our 
character today? That's sure. I mean, this really is a Christmas movie. We're doing Die Hard, and yes. someone posted a quote that I think is pretty pretty much sums up how this is a Christmas movie, and uh, they just posted on their wall, for me, it's not the Christmas season until I see Hans Gruber fall off that goddamn building. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, pretty much. Like, I saw that. There's people who either watch it every day, or they watch it at Christmas, yeah. and they, that's the Die Hard fans that I know. Uh, so he's... He's a great villain. He's, like, just very beloved by the Die Hard fans. And then, you know, it's Alan Rickman, rest in yeah. peace. And he's just a great villain on his own merit. But as Hans Gruber... He is a great villain. That phrase I saw everywhere. Like, if you Google that phrase, you get, like, 30 of the same meme. Just, like, it's not Christmas until he falls off the Nakamori. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whatever that is. Hang on. Nakatomi. <laughs> so I... I have seen this movie twice now. If I don't say Nakatomi right and I forget and I say John McCain instead of John McClane, just call me on it. I was calling Ripley Ridley in the last episode and no no <laughs> one stopped me. <laughs> Not We want to make sure even. the fans are listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. We know it's Ripley. Got to wake them up a little bit. <laughs> She's challenge give them a challenge. Yeah. Nakatomi building uh Let's let's get the let's get the fra- the the phrases down really fast. Volksfry movement. What's John McClane's wife's name? Mrs. McClane. Mrs. Mrs. McClane. <laughs> the blonde guy's name is Carl. Main blonde guy, Carl. Takagi is the guy that they kill. You know what I've noticed about this podcast is um it's all spoilers. And it's like, if someone wants to use this as like, oh, maybe I should watch a movie because this villain sounds interesting, we're just spoiling everything for them. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess that's the... But if you're listening, you should have already seen this movie like... Well, but what if they're like... Ten times. But what if they're like, oh, they're doing this villain, maybe I should check out this film, what is it? I don't know, but per- personally, I've never listened to a podcast unless I know exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. At the same time, I'm also okay with our format, because, like, if someone doesn't want to watch all the Freddy Krueger movies, we have taken care of that for Yeah, them. yeah. All right, well, so that's some of the, the lingo we need to remember. I liked the second Die Hard, too. I, I hate sec- it! I liked the second villain. I was like, he's kind of hot, too. For older gentlemen. I need to, because that's the one with the airplane, right? Yeah. I'll rewatch it again. Am I it wasn't my favorite. My mind went totally blank in the second half of that film. I didn't even know what was going on or why. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I yeah, mean, there was to, a lot of they things. They did like a plot twist. And yeah. They tried to be a little smarter, they I think. They tried to do a lot of things in that movie. They should have just stuck with one format. Because you thought you knew what was happening, and then all of a sudden he slits the guy's throat, and you're like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> I want to rewatch all of them, actually. Do you, do you like the third uh, Die Hard film? Yeah, I do. Because like that's Han Gruber's brother, Jeremy oh. Irons. <laughs> I did not watch that recently, but I remember seeing it and being like, Die Hard is the shit. I liked that one because it was like, what, New York City or something? Like City City? And that one yeah. had the puzzles. Yeah. Was that See, Donald I liked Glover? That. It was... was Danny it? Glover, I mean. No, Danny's Isn't Glover's Donald the Donald Glover the one in Community? Yeah, Donald Glover is the one in Community. Yeah, Danny, okay, so, so it's Danny is Glover Danny is the Glover? older... Yeah. I'm gonna be weird here and say it was Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> I think we're gonna cut this whole part <laughs> oh, out. Oh, boy. Hang on. Because he's in everything. <laughs> we're gonna play it this game. It might have been Samuel L. Jackson, though. Why not? Samuel L. Jackson. Is it? Yeah, it's not Donald Glover. It's not Danny Glover. It's Samuel L. Jackson. Neither the Glovers. They have a lot of like tokens in their movie. The first two was the guy from like the kid. No, the black cop. 
Oh, the Family Matters guy. Family yeah. Matters. He's there the we go. same character. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same guy. <laughs> um. Okay. I. Fantastic. <laughs> I think we should just go through this movie like step by step. So let's pull back and talk about. Um. We're doing Hans Gruber, which is the shittiest name in the whole world. I hate it. Oh yeah. It was I'll explain bad. why later. Um. But what does Hans look like? He's, he's well handsome, dressed. He's he a handsome gentleman. He's overly manicured. Yeah, he's very overly manicured. He's got a scary he's face because it's Alan Rickman. I liked his hair. I'm a little bit less shocked at his facial hair this time around, but I was not used to Alan Rickman having such sharp, you know, facial hair, I guess. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. But yeah, he has that kind of mid 80s coiffed, longer hair. He has a big suit coat with like the baggy arm shoulder yeah. thing going on. I felt like their whole like posse, like when they walk in through the elevator, they were we were supposed to think that they were like really cool. Yeah. But I thought they looked really stupid. Parts yeah. of it hasn't exactly aged well. No. Not all. I feel like that's part of what's <sighs> charming about it now. When you go back and watch these older films, half of the fun is the set design, the clothing, the hairstyles, the cars, the technology. Yeah, they're supposed to be cool guys. I felt like that before the whole group even came in. Like when the two guys just walked into the building and the guy shot the security guard. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. And I was like, and he was like, <laughs> made a joke. And I was like, okay, you're trying too hard. Now. The guy with like, the glasses. Get it. Yeah. Like, the, we get it. The, the computer guy. The Yeah, the hacker guy. Yeah. He's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. And he's probably like my favorite character. He was just kind of funny because he wasn't in all the mess. He was just like in a room on the computer like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. He didn't. He didn't care about anything. <laughs> and he did not care either. He was like, oh, whatever. Basically, when they walked through the elevator and onwards into the movie, what I noticed first was like their hair and the way that they were dressed. So these are like supposedly terrorists that are actually thieves. Usually, especially in action films, they're just like all dressed in black or they're wearing leather or they're wearing, there's like a certain look that these people usually have and none of them look like that they're wearing tan jeans puffy button-up shirts with like vests yeah just like chill vests someone's wearing like a bright red sweater and one guy is wearing like full-on gray like 80s sweat clothes like 80s sweat clothes like they're all like tight and they he actually looks like he needs to be wearing like a pair of jeans over his sweatpants yeah he looks kind of like he's getting ready to have a night in by himself definitely (laughs) anyway they look ridiculous but i think we're supposed to think that they look amazing super (laughs) cool yeah uh including hands and um i read online that that's more like people think that they were dressed like that just in case they had to pretend in front of the police that they were hostages. Like, some of them were, like, in suits and stuff, and some of them were in, like, yeah. kind of, like, casual, like, crazy clothes, and they're all, like, really well-groomed. Which so that makes sense. a lot, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. My confusion was why they did it during the Christmas party. I feel like that what made it worse. Maybe if because... If your whole plan was to steal $600 million, wouldn't it have just been easier to kill the security guard that would have been on staff? And so you're it? saying as opposed to the building being empty when yeah. no one was there? Yeah. I, I guess to that. make sure that Takagi was there in the first place. Oh. Okay. Because if nobody's there, then Takagi might not be there, which kind gotcha. of leads me into... Do you remember when 
Hans Gruber does that speech and he's trying, he like just starts walking the crowd and he basically knows everything about the building and everything about Takagi. Yeah. His whole life, except for what he looks like. And I know I'm not, a million people have pointed this out online, but really, like, why was that a choice? Because there was no internet. Yeah, but I mean, there is, there is ways to figure out. Hans says that he gets, like, he gets a lot of his information from, like, current magazine, like, Time Magazine and, and things like that. So maybe why? he was just getting to... Like, his face would, would have been in... Exactly. Yeah. Maybe he just forgot. Yeah. Maybe you just forgot what Takage looked like. But then, again, <laughs> when you look at the party, too, it's like... But how many Asians were supposed to be in them? You look throughout well, the party, a... there wasn't, like, it wasn't a, f- like, it's not going to be a white dude. I like... feel like there was a couple, but they were all, like, younger. Yeah, And I think so... that based on who Takagi was, he would have been, like, the older Basic Asian deduction, gentleman. yeah, would have been, like, oh, the older. And wouldn't it have just been easier to walk into the party of a big company? He doesn't know every employee and just be, like, hey, Mr. Takagi, like, figure out who he is, ask somebody. They're all drunk. There would have been an easier way to do this with their plan pretty much going the way they wanted. I think one thing was um, that Hans's character appears very charming. And you notice throughout the movie, the hostages come in and like ask him questions and like ask him favors and stuff because they feel like they can talk to him like that. And someone had brought up that Hans had walked through the crowd and like was asking for Takage and just so that Takage would offer himself up and like open up basically the conversation that they would have later on. Because the only time in the movie that you really see Hans Gruber kind of hanging out and like having a conversation that didn't have to do solely with them thieving yeah was like when he's talking to takage about like men's fashion and like like well when i was the boy i read shakespeare and stuff like that so he did all of that to try and get takage to to trust him ah anyway (laughs) (laughs) my teeth's falling apart (laughs) thoughts i i think it was the same reason like trying to get takage to offer himself up it's just kind of an odd because he did that a couple times throughout the movie. Like when he pretended to be a hostage in front of McLean. And then he handed him the gun. He was like, oh, protect yourself. Wait, what do you mean? Like when they ran into each other. Yeah. And he, uh, with Gruber, he started acting like a hostage. Like he was crying. He changed his accent. Like everything, his voice changed. Everything changed. And he was like crying to him like, oh, don't hurt me. Yeah. Because he thought that he made it seem like, oh, I think you're one of the terrorists when he knew he wasn't. And he tried to like play it up, and then so and he tried so to get on was, McLean's side, but so McLean he was dressed knew. like that. Yeah. So he was doing the whole like I'm dressed like this so I could be like a yeah. I almost said a sausage, <laughs> a hostage. <laughs> uh, so I need to. But it didn't work on him because he was like, I already know you're not. Well, I feel this like guy. I need to rewatch this movie again because it seemed obvious to me that John was spying on them for the first half of the film. So hasn't doesn't he know exactly what Hans Gruber looks like? Yeah. And that, that defeats was... the purpose of that scene, but then yeah. people online were saying were debating it as if he wasn't watching them the whole time. Like he watched It was very obvious he was watching them. Yeah. He wrote down their names. He wrote down how many terrorists there were. Well, I talked to Alan about it and he said that he was like, "Oh, yeah, when when John's spying on them, he just he's never in view of Hans's face." And I, I don't feel like I remember that. I just thought he was just watching them the whole time. I just assumed he was watching everyone. What do you think? Uh, I remember 
he does kind of have a limited view but uh i would have to rewatch just specifically to watch for that because i kind exactly. of thought he did see him too and Gruber already knew that he was watching him because he could hear all the the walkie talkie um yeah uh, yeah i guess if he's changing the his accent i don't know just want to talk more about his posse that he has like they're all european supermodels taking over the building it's a very euro trash operation it's uh I keep just wanting to give this movie a lot of praise for all of its side characters because they're all so amazing. Like, a lot of the henchmen have names in the in the film. Like, they bothered to name them. And even... Is the two FBI agents that have the same name, is their name Johnson? Or is it something different? They come up to the scene, and I think they're only in, like, two or three scenes in the whole film. But they walk up and say their name was Johnson. And the guy's like, hi, I'm Johnson. This is Johnson. No relation. And then the other scene that you see them in, they're in a helicopter at the end of the film, and they just make some offhand inside joke between the two of them. But it's really endearing and charming. And I just feel like almost every character in Die Hard is just so fun and interesting. You learn a little bit more about each Yeah, and I, I love it. I think the most boring characters are the, the employees, the hostages. Yeah. The most annoying one was the guy doing the coke. I don't like that guy. Oh my god. Hans, Bubby. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, you're such a douche. Like, how can we make him as douchey as possible? He should have had a track suit. <laughs> and not a suit? Why not a suit? Just because, you know, douchebags who do coke. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> how do you guys feel about when Hans walks in and he just has his hands in his pockets for... Basically the whole scene. He, like, does that weird kind of goofy, almost comical, um... Well, not comical. It's more like he does it with a flair when he does that speech out of his little daily planner. And he has his hands in his pockets a lot. Like, when you put your hands in your pockets, you feel pretty, like, loosened up. Yeah. So usually when I'm walking around, I'll just have my... I'll just cross my arms just because it's, like, comfy. But I also notice if I'm in public, especially if I... If I haven't been to the location before, if I uncross my arms, I feel really, like, naked. It just feels, like, uncomfortable. But Hans, his plan is to have, like, the FBI show up, basically. And he's, like, probably gonna kill some people. And he's just so... Calm. He, he acts like being there is almost, like, a hindrance. It's not like he's uh, obsessed with being there and he's, like, super giddy. And he's obviously not, you know, he's in his right mind. But he's just so, like calm about it i think that's kind of part of his character is just how cool and collected he is but you know he got kicked out for being violent so you're yeah. kind of just sort of waiting for, for that to show itself a little yeah. more he got kicked out for being too violent from a a radical terrorist movement from germany and that seems really intense and i wish that there was more background between him and his brother since his brother is a character in the third film yeah played by jeremy irons I wish there, yeah, I kind of do too. I wish there was more about him than just one yeah. little, like, snippet. Because he is Simon, the other, the brother. He's Simon's little brother. And when you think of Hans Gruber as someone's little brother, it changes a lot of his character for me. Yeah. It makes him seem, it kind of dethrones him a little bit and takes the kind of terrorist mastermind, like, this perfect mm -hmm. guy. Like, when you think of Hans Gruber, you think of him as being way up in the, on top way of on a top. mountain or something. Yeah. And... 
are you more familiar with the third film than we are? Because I've only seen um, it once. The third one is the one where they do the puzzles, and so... And he's on the phone a lot? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. a silly one. How is Simon's personality? Is he, like... Because I think Simon calls Hans, like, an asshole or something. He's like, yeah, he was an asshole. Yeah, he's even more, like, calculating. So it's just sort of a really... It's kind of a silly movie. The one, <laughs> I don't really remember how it ends, because I'm like, how did they end up catching up with him because the whole running around doing puzzles thing is like just a distraction from something else but uh it's just a really it's a very strange film yeah it's a shame i feel like they could have broadened the whole gruber family thing a little bit more because i i really want to know if if hans and simon grew up to get like lived under the same roof together did Simon make Hans eat his portion of broccoli so he had to eat, like, double broccoli? Like, did he steal his clothes? Did, or did he have to wear, like, hand-me-downs? I just really like the idea of kind of making Hans not as cool and, like, suave as he perceives himself to be. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe he did. Maybe that's why he joined a terrorist group. And not because of the hand-me-downs, but, you know, like, maybe his... Yeah, because I don't remember what Simon did either, but it's not... I don't think Simon was, like, a terrorist like Hans was. I think he was just kind of trying to play games and avenge his brother. Uh, What do you guys think of the name Hans Gruber? Boo. (laughs) It made me giggle when I heard it, and I was like, is that right? Yeah, that's right, Hans Gruber. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I grew up hearing that name, but I didn't know where it was from. We grew up with, uh, like, memes and stuff and, and, like, internet jokes from only the last, like, what, 10 years or so? But before that, when you hear, like, little jokes and stuff, you have no idea where they come from. But I I knew the name Hans Gruber, but I thought, I guess I assumed it was, like, a shitty comic book character or something. I didn't know what Hans Gruber was from. And so when I finally watched Die Hard... You know, I knew that it was Alan Rickman. He seemed so cool. He looked cool. The movie was amazing. And I couldn't believe that the name Hans Gruber was, like, that's who this was. This, this my whole life. I guess I was always I was curious. Very, like, I was very disappointed. Like, was that a real German last name? Like, it was just sort of, I couldn't tell how made up Gruber was. Like, it's not, ex- it's not like, very intimidating. No. Well, the name Hans is a cool name, and there's a lot of films and theater and people named Hans that are, like, awesome people, but Hans Gruber, that sounds dumb. It sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like a, if they're going to make a parody of the film, like, that would be a really good villain name. Yeah, they just reused the name. <laughs> yeah. Like, his, his parody name is Hans Gruber. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Have you guys seen MacGruber? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that's why. <laughs> MacGruber, MacGruber. There you go. All right, well. I also want to know how Hans met his, uh, like, terrorist group. Like, how did he meet the guy that plays, like, the that can pass off as the American security guard downstairs? Oh, yeah. And the... And the like, main a lot enforcer. Of... The main enforcer guy was super, like, he was quiet. The guy? Yeah, he was just kind of, like, quiet and just wanted to, like, shoot people. I feel like I can see how Hans knows the muscle guys, like, the actual, yeah. like, the terrorist type guys. But as far as, um... Well, and there's, there's the, guys hack, just the like... hacker, too. And like... the hacker, because he's wearing, like, a cool suit. Yeah. And he's really funny. Yeah, and he's definitely not German. Like, how did he... How did these people meet? Like, and also the mo- the Christmas party starts at like five thirty. So the, by the time they crash 
it's like six at night and I'm assuming they think they're gonna be like awake all night so first of all I feel like that whole day they spent just sleeping and then they woke up and like went and robbed the place yeah but like they had to get up and get ready like their hair is so perfect their clothes are nice mm-hmm. all of I just pictured all of these terrorists waking up at like, like ironing their their pants. Yeah, like three three thirty that day, getting really nice and ready. I love thinking getting their about cuts those lined stuff. up. Just like, just line me up. I got something to do tonight. Maybe it's just because I've just started watching action films the last two or three years. But action films have so little plot to them sometimes, and such precise dialogue that doesn't really mean as much or go as many places as the movies that I usually watch. It's like my mind goes to these other places, like. What are these characters like? Like, do they go to the beach? Like, yeah. <laughs> what do they do when they're not shooting? Yeah, <laughs> they're not killing people. They don't. What's their favorite food? Revenge. And I love <laughs> the. I like John McClane a lot at the beginning of the film when he's just getting out, like, out of the airport and talking to his wife. I like when Hans Gruber is just talking to Takagi about like clothes and school. And I, but I like action films, honestly, and I, I really like when, um, when John McClane and Hans Gruber, uh, meet each other and Hans goes into that American accent and he's trying to pretend like he's a hostage. Yeah. I almost said sausage again. You're just really hungry? No, I'm not hungry. (laughs) Um, but when he was doing that, I actually thought that was like the hottest that he was in the film. No, I like... Because I like he was movie. like, no, no, this is why. Because he's just pretending, but he's, like, on the ground, like, totally scared out of his mind. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. And, <laughs> and he's making all these faces and being, like, fake, like, really emotional. Yeah. And he was so attractive. I liked it when he was being evil. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely part of it, too. But that part, I was just kind of, like, I was intrigued just because he, like, completely changed his voice. Like, it didn't sound like Alan Rickman, didn't sound like he was pretending to be German. It just sounded like some random American dude. <laughs> it's like, this is awesome. I thought he sounded terrible. <laughs> I was like, this is so awesome. That was a bad, that was a bad American accent. It was so bad, but I, I was I just like, I very confused the first time awesome. I saw part of the movie, because I was just like, this is a continuity break? <laughs> It's German. He's supposed to be German. It just yeah. sounded terrible. But a- Alan, Alan. Alan, supposed to be doing your German. No, no, yeah. no, no. Back to the German, Alan. <laughs> I loved it. I didn't see anybody pick up on this that I read, but I feel like Hans is kind of on the spectrum a little bit. And it's not Asperger. Well, it might be Asperger's, but it's he's very awkward socially. Like he's just he's oh, yeah. so distant. He's so. He has issues because, like, he kills people. Yeah. And that's terrible. And he wants to, he's, he's been in these, like, radical movements and stuff. Like, I get all that. But aside from that, I just feel like personality-wise, he's, like, on the spectrum somewhere. He's just very socially. I, I picked up, I didn't pick up that far. But I was just like, he seems kind of hands-off for someone who's supposed to be a leader of, like, a terrorist group. Like, he doesn't come in announcing himself. I feel like he kind of, like, held back a little bit and just let everybody else do it. Yeah. He didn't come in with the biggest gun. He had the smallest one. He oh, my God. He didn't come in, like, a blazing. Guns a-blazing. I love... Everybody else did. But towards the end of the film, like, for a while, so John McClane is just 
you know, crawling through all up and down the insides of this building and getting like really dirty and effed up. And it keeps going back to Hans and he's just sitting at a desk and he's like bored almost. He's just yeah. like waiting and he's taking, he's taking like questionnaires from the hostages. There's that period of time in the film where two or three of the people come in and are just like, can we order pizza? Can she go like lay down on the couch? And he's like, fine. And he's just like relaxing. And it was so comical to me and it was great and then uh another great part was um when Hans is on the phone with the FBI or the police but he starts rattling off people he wants to be released from prison oh yeah and Carl is like what are you doing who are these people and he like he does the thing where he puts the phone like over his shoulder to muffle it and he's like I don't know what I'm talking about I just read these names in the magazine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's done so like funny like that was him like actually making a joke and uh like i want a whole movie that's just like that he's just like trying to be menacing you just gotta give them something to work on for a minute i guess i'm having the same reaction as i did from the hateful eight with the that gang it was like oh i just want to know like what the day in the life of like that gang is i mean i guess that's what the hateful eight was was a movie about a bunch of evil people just like hanging out for a night and what happens. But I guess I just want more of that. Like, I just want spinoff movies of just a bunch of villains. That'd be awesome, actually. Yeah. Should I start watching Gotham or something? It looks terrible. Um, it's not the worst. I see that people who like it really like it now. I and... have not kept up with it that much, but uh, what I saw of it, the acting was good and the premise is pretty good. Ah, <sighs> I might That's have why to... people like it. They're like, oh, we get to see the villain's life instead of constantly seeing the hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hans also does some duck lips. When he's in the elevator with uh, Takagi, he puts his lips out, and um, I thought that was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome part of his character. Well, I mean, (laughs) I... Making duck face. How many uh, action films do you see anyone just doing, like, duck lips? Like... He's like, <laughs> he like really tilts don't. his head. It's like the whole elevator ride is just duck lips. He's got a weird nervous tick and it's duck lips. Yeah. He also, when he smiles in the movie, I don't know if it was just Alan Rickman or it was like a character thing. I, I'm thinking more it was Alan Rickman. But when he smiles, it's kind of like a nerdy smile. Like he looks like he was not the popular kid in class. He tries to up. avoid like showing teeth, but they like show up a little bit. Yeah. He does have a weird kind of, he has a tight British smile. As far as Hans Gruber smiling and looking wildly nerdy, I feel like that also knocks him down a peg. Just because he he's such a like a high horse character. I think him and his whole crew were just hand-me-down kids who got bullied. That's why they formed the crew, and that's why they take such great preparation for their looks. Eh, mm-hmm. Not the security guard guy. The fake security guard. The the American guy. Oh, he's American. Yeah. That's different. I know, but he <laughs> seems like... He's like an asshole jock. He's like a meat, an ex-meathead or something, almost. Well, I mean, he had to play the security guard part. But I feel like he's the only one, You couldn't one, have maybe... the ones with the long hair sitting at the front desk. Would yeah, not have he had like '80s short hair. There's only a so much yeah. short hair you could have in the '80s. Yeah, yeah. If you were a guy, it had to be like at least half an inch. <laughs> uh, one thing I didn't like about Hans's character was people really praise that villain as being like a quintessential villain. He like he changed so much so much about the genre. He's so much more interesting. He's 
he has so many dimensions and and he's one of the greatest villains and all that. But what I didn't like was um he was just one of those kind of literature spewing villains that always has like passages memorized from like books. And again, I actually looked through my letterbox to see what action films that I saw prior to Die Hard being made, and there wasn't that many, so I I guess I can't compare a lot of action films, you know, before Die Hard came out in the 80s, but from what I know of villains now, especially crime villains, they do the whole, like, classical, like, or, like, you know, Bible scripture and, and stuff, so that wasn't so great. He was, like, too intellectual. Yeah, he was just like that intellectual, like, it kind of bothered me when he was talking to John on the phone, and John wasn't saying what his name was. Yeah. So he did, like, three nicknames in, like, ten seconds. He's just like, I don't remember any of them, but it was probably something like, okay, cowboy, okay. He was just calling him, like, Oh, yeah, he called him cowboy. Yeah. I feel like having him be a little pretentious is what helped Americans not like him very much. Yeah. Pretentious is fine, but I'm just surprised that Hans was the type of person to just start giving someone, like, shady nicknames, I guess. And so many at one time. (laughs) I feel like it was more to get under his skin, though. He was calling him a cowboy just to be like, all right, you're trying to be a hero, basically. So, all right, cowboy, like, whatever. Do you think that was kind of John getting under Hans's skin a little bit? Because he seems so cool and collected, but I guess well, yeah, the whole nickname cause... thing was Hans trying to be like, like kind of losing his cool. Yeah, like bit. trying to do name calling, but not being like a child about it. Yeah, that's interesting. I, that's cool. And he's trying to act Ooh. like he's in control while he's losing control of the whole situation. The whole time, too, because even when he was like, so you had to blow up the entire building, and he was like, well, you know, if you just steal $600, you can disappear, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it was like, no, this was clearly a mistake. This was not meant to happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, did, you did not have this in your plans whatsoever. Who would? Like, this is bad. The place is surrounded now. <laughs> Like, this is not a good look for you. Okay, I do this thing with action movies still where if no one's doing dialogue and there's a lot of busy, like, movements and stuff, my brain just goes blank. So I honestly don't remember who was blowing up the building. Who did that? I thought it was John. It was John, yeah. It was John. Yeah, and so, but then he tried to claim it and I was like, oh, well, I want them to think that I'm dead. So this worked out great for me. And it was like, oh, okay, okay. okay, And it was like, no, it didn't. (laughs) This is bad. I remember just thinking, why would you blow up the bottom half of the building? Isn't that kind of dangerous? What if it falls over? I don't know anything about buildings, obviously. But well, the foundation is generally at the bottom. I just would never don't want to blow up that part. (laughs) I mean, that was a very, very tall building. Like I would not I just wouldn't blow up the bottom half of the building. If I had to blow up part of a tall building, I'd blow the top off of it. Just to be safe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's when he blew up the top. That was that part. Okay. But the bottom now, blows up, The too, bottom though. blows up, yeah, because that was John. But then he had already set up, Gruber set up bombs at the top where the helicopter was supposed to go. Okay. And he to blew get, up the... To try and get the uh, FBI down there? Yeah, so he cool. was like... Well, the FBI was already there. It was like they were in that helicopter at the top, and then they blew up... The top part of the building. I don't know how that building didn't fall. Whoever did. Neither do I. Whoever the engineers were. They blew up a tank. Like, there's a lot of bombs going off. (laughs) 
I feel like that's like the one thing I love about Die Hard movies is like he gets mangled so much. I remember I didn't see the fourth one, but it, I'm pretty sure it's the third one. He like shoots his self through what? his shoulder and like, or maybe it was the fourth one. I'm not sure. But he's like, someone's holding a gun up to him and he's like, all right, how do I get out of this? And he shoots the guy behind him by shooting himself through the shoulder. It's like, he does a lot of stuff to mangle himself through it, all of these movies. Is there four or five Die Hard films? There's four. There's four. Okay. I've only not seen the last one. But I liked the third one. I liked the first one, so. Maybe the fourth one. Is the fourth one the one where they blow up the helicopter with the car? He has, like, a son or something? Or yeah. Or a little, he has a kid? Yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah, okay. So I think it is the fourth one. Because it was just ridiculous. Do you like the fourth one, Eric? I think I've only seen bits and pieces. I haven't seen it all the way through. And I remember, again, like, they tried going kind of smart with the premise because the the premise of that one is about taking over the the internet network for an entire city because then you just shut down traffic and water and all this crazy shit and it's interesting because that's like actually a contingency that security experts do talk about but presented in this totally over-the-top action film so it's uh the parts of it that i saw i think i saw like the first half of it and you know it's a staple that John McClane gets, like, totally bloodied up. And, like, yeah. halfway through, like, he was getting there. And I was just, yeah. I just lost interest at some point. I think two kind of dragged on a little bit. And then oh, two dragged three, on forever. three, not so much. I remember three reminding me of Speed. Because, like, you do this whole thing on the bus, but your climax is actually not on the bus. It's, like, in a completely different area. And I remember, like, they're doing all the puzzle stuff. And I think my memory stops somewhere at the end of the puzzle stuff because like your climax is elsewhere and it's just sort of i don't know if it's a clumsy way to keep a movie going but i feel like Die Hard one has the best sort of pacing and i don't know if every single one is supposed to be an homage to the first because i think they use a different formula except john mcclane getting really beat up i love (laughs) i kept laughing through the first one because like Every scene you see John McClane, he's getting like grosser and grosser and not just like by getting hurt, but I just remember at some point I was like, your shirt was white in the beginning, correct? It was a white shirt. <laughs> um, that all happens in the duct when he's crawling through oh, the Oh yeah, duct. yeah, yeah. But like before it's... that he gets sweaty and sh- so it's like yellow and then yeah. it's just like brown. I'm like, you're not even wearing the same shirt anymore. I think it was, uh, there was like, it was like 70 things wrong with Die Hard in like nine minutes or something. It's on YouTube. And they point out that when he's in the air duct, he's he has a white shirt on in the air duct. And then when he crawls out of it, his whole shirt is like mud brown. But also the duct is clean. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking through there like... They just decided. It's a very clean air duct. <laughs> they made a choice. <laughs> I guess I feel kind of average and on par because everything clever that I came up with when I was taking notes for this film... I also read people saying the exact same thing online. Yeah. But um, I thought that the other attractive character in the film was the building. Like, that building is nice. nice. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of that architecture is coming back today. Like, people want concrete slab walls in their house. They yeah. want that low lighting with, like, the sconces and stuff. They, they like that. It's It's coming back. And... And it was like, it was like sexy. Like I would call that building like a nice, like, that's a nice building. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to remember if that building is all sets or if it was an actual building. That's a good question. It is very memorable for people. And I don't know if diehard fans can go visit 
that location or Ooh, not? That'd be awesome. Because I know they go. Cool. I'm sure they go to the plaza. Like, why not? But yeah, to actually I'm go sure up if into that building, was a real, I'm sure if that was the a real building, it, it's gotten remodeled since then. Because that's, I mean, it was dated. Now it's coming back, but yeah, it's not gonna look like that anymore. I feel like you'd make a fortune if you just like rented out one floor of that building as like a paintball. Yeah. Room or something. Where <laughs> oh it's my like gosh. Where it's like diehard set up. Oh, so yeah, they yeah. had yeah. like 30 people working as they're in the party. And the you had Gruber to... room. Yeah. And you're not allowed to wear shoes or socks. You have to draw straws It'd be to funny see if who they gets did to be like... John McClane. Oh. oh my God, that'd be so fun. Yeah, hostage again <laughs> every year. They should do it in every tall building in every city. Just like, let's just pretend. And they could they could do it only like around Christmas time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that'd be so dope. Well, it reminds me of that uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine episode where they're on a training thing and like their precinct draws hostages, so they just have to sit there and they don't get to like participate. But then they like they're like fuck this, and they decide that they're gonna fight back against the terrorist team <laughs> because they want to shoot up the police team. So they just end up shooting everybody as hostages. It was great. I feel like that's what that would degrade to. Yeah, instantly. So fantastic. I'll uh, I'll post this after the episode comes out. But last night I went to a comic book store, mm-hmm. and they had a diehard coloring book. Oh, so God. I mean, because you have to be very respectful of comic book stores, you can't just like take pictures of pages. So yeah. I had Alan take a photo of me holding up the page, and it's um, we only took one, and it's a coloring book page of Hans Gruber about to shoot Takagi, and it says, "I'm going to count to three. And then there was a um, Home Alone calling book next to it, too. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> if I had the money, I would have bought it, because it was, it was really cute. There was a lot of, you know, black and white coloring pages of John McClane, like, in action, like, mid-action, and they're hilarious. Yeah. And then I, I flipped back to the, the end where, because I knew that they were going to have the page of Hans falling off the building. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> that's awesome. Adult coloring books are they're really relaxing it's a nice way to spend some time yeah it's like a rainy or like a sunny like morning and you're drinking like a hot drink or something you're just Mm -hmm. coloring smoke a little bit watch some cartoons you say smoke a little bit yeah smoke a little bit watch rick and morty (laughs) yep i wonder if hans gruber would ever do like an adult coloring book probably not but probably because he's so like book heavy I feel like he nice. just he just spends a lot of time in, in those books. So I suppose it depends how heavily on the spectrum he is, or rather, he doesn't seem like he's into like hanging out with people. It's not that he can't do it; he's just like not into it. I think yeah. he would just like he just probably color. He just wanted to get back to his coloring books the whole time. Yeah. Yep. I wish it would have ended. He's like oh, Time Magazine coloring book. Yeah. <laughs> Germany's awesome. <laughs> I almost uh, wish it would have. He wouldn't have died, and he would have gotten caught, and he's just, like, went crazy in prison, and that's kind of where the third movie would have brought in, just he would have been so, uh, with him just, just, like, in his room with a beard and looking crazy. I wouldn't coloring. want him to be in prison. You know, he's in, like, I know super that he killed, uber. I know that he killed people, and yeah. that's bad, but I don't want him to go to prison. Well, it wouldn't <laughs> be, like, normal prison. They'd have him, it'd be set, like, Guantanamo Bay, mm. yeah. and then his brother's like, I'm gonna get you out. When we do these episodes sometimes, I just really feel like I don't know how to get to the bottom of why people like villains. Because people point out that Hans Gruber is a very likable villain. He's very charming. And some comments were about how, you know, they just honestly kind of want Hans to win. Like, you're kind of rooting for him, too. 
and John at the same time. It's just interesting why. Because there's also other people that find villains, you know, attractive and silly and, you know, they want to hang out with them and stuff. Um, but one thing that I... You, what was that? Your phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so scared. We all have, like, two drinks. <laughs> it's the minimum. The minimum, two drink minimum for this this show. But one of the attractive aspects of of Hans's type of villain is that he's the kind of villain that he walks into that building, he's going to rob it, he's going to get FBI, he might die, he's probably going to kill people, and he knows it, and he's so calm about everything. So it's like, if you are attracted to this person, I feel like the draw is that you want to be their, like, you want to see their, their feathers ruffled, like, if he's in this situation and he's so calm, what would it take to get him to be, like, to trip up or, like, be goofy or to be anything other than, like, this very calm, like, mask? Yeah. I mean, it might even be, like, like, you would want, you would want to be the person to, like, kind of get him out of that personality that he has. Yeah. Because he's so structured. Yeah. I think that's part of it. It's like someone that's always wearing, like, a coat, but you really want to see what shirt they're wearing. It's yeah. just like, take off that coat. It's <laughs> like when you see, like, I know we have a ton of clients, like, and they have these very professional, almost conservative jobs where they have to wear suits. Yeah. And they'll come in, and they have to take off, like, their their dress jacket, and they mm-hmm. roll up their sleeves, and then they're, like, have full sleeves. And it doesn't matter what they look like, like, they instantly get more attractive, because you're like, what the hell? I would have never... You look like you work at a bank. Like, I would never. (laughs) Like, your name's John. Like, it's the most, it's the most used name ever. And you're wearing, like, this nice suit, very coiffed haircut, and then, like, sleeves everywhere. Can I just You just changed my life. (laughs) I'm going to go on a tangent because you guys have to hear this story. So I used to, I used to walk into my bank a lot and just go through, like, the line and stuff to, to, like, interact with them and, like, because they were cool. And it was mostly for this guy. He was in his late 30s he had red hair like tv show red hair uh he would wear uh like a tight fitting usually plaid shirt with a bow tie he had freckles and he had um a name tag and his name tag read rusty oh my god his name was rusty wow (laughs) yeah it writes itself he was like a Boy Meets World character. It was incredible. <laughs> and I think he wore glasses, if I'm not mistaken. It was... Anyway. But yeah, you just said, like, Bank and, like, names, yeah. John. I think that's <laughs> the appeal, though, for the villains, because, you know, you see them in a whole nother light than you see, like, the average person. The average person, like, in the films, like, are, I guess, the good guys usually are clean-cut, and they do everything right, and they have families, and normal nine-to-fives, and it's just, like, they're the hero. But then, like, the villains are very, they're usually single, they usually don't have kids. They're what you would expect a villain to be. So I think the opposite of either version is always going to be really attractive. Like, oh, I wonder what makes you laugh. Because... Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like a, I don't want to say, like, psycho, I don't know the terminology, not sociopath, not psychopath, but it's something like that where you're just, you really don't care about what normal people people think about. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else? I have a bunch of, like, silly stuff I gathered from the internet. Oh, wait, I have one thing that I... Yeah. <laughs> um, I ripped something off of the, the HuffPo, Huffington Post, 
It's the five reasons why Hans Gruber is the greatest movie villain of all time. And they said this really articulate, beautiful thing. I need to stop saying beautiful, first of all. That last podcast we did, I used beautiful for basically... Everything. Everything. <laughs> the Alien Queen's very beautiful. Everything <laughs> is just so beautiful. Jesus. Um, okay, so HuffPo says... The best type of villain is one that the dark side of you secretly roots for. In a world where we know that the hero almost always wins in the end, we need a game changer to challenge that notion, if not through to the very last moments of the story. Hans Gruber gave us that like no other villain in the history of cinema. I don't know about that, but... Um, I saw a lot of things that said that too. I was like, he was cool. We believed that he was worthy of escaping alive to steal again another day. We believed if any villain could, it would have been him. That's why I wish he kind of would have lived so they could just keep doing diehard movies with him just, like, getting out and stealing shit and then escaping. And he could have um, hung out with his brother a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he could have given him an, a noogie or something. Like, something. I, uh, did a little interview. What? Yeah, uh, I haven't done this in a while, but I got to interview someone from Tumblr because I just feel like that's the best format to kind of reach out to people. And um, I keep treating these like creep corner stories, but it is me, you know, reaching out and making first contact and saying, you know, would you like to give us something to read on the podcast? But I am really hoping that someday I kind of wake up and I put my glasses on and I check my, you know, our Gmail account, our Hotbed Pod account, and I just see... Just someone sending in a creep corner story yeah. of just any villain. And then that's when I just shoot up through the roof like a rocket ship and I explode into like a million flowers or something. <laughs> Someday it'll happen. So, okay, so this is Abby from Tumblr URL Hans Gruber, and that's spelled H-A-N-S-G-R-U-B-R. I was 14 or so the first time I watched Die Hard, and I was pretty much immediately enamored by Hans, if only because he was played by Alan Rickman. I was fresh off of a Harry Potter marathon, and this was the very first time I'd seen him in a role other than Snape. And that's what got me. Hans is so, so fundamentally different from Snape, and it's just amazing. I couldn't stop watching him. 100 out of 10 acting skills. <laughs> Alan Rickman was so good at what he did. I still can't believe that this was his first movie sometimes. Did you know that? Did you re no. read that? No. I just assumed he was always doing movies. He was doing a lot of theater. I mean, that too, but... Yeah, and he was on some TV shows, but he had never done a movie before, and this was his first movie. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Did you know that? I did not. I think he killed it, too. Yeah. I think so, too. Maybe that's why it, it comes off more um, awkward. Because than... I saw him in Robin Hood. Maybe. Oh, yeah. I loved him in Robin Hood. Because he was uh, a great villain in Robin Hood as well. Yeah. And I saw him in that when I was younger, and it wasn't until later that I saw Die Hard. And I think he kind of liked doing movies more by the time he was in Robin Hood, even though Prince of Thieves, the one he was in, is yeah. terrible. Like, yeah. It's a really bad... Christian Slater. Uh, so. Christian Slater's <laughs> in it. Yeah. And, like, him and, him and Kevin Costner, like, aren't even trying... Yeah. With their accents, just like, yeah, just do whatever, guys. For for as green as Alan Rickman was to doing a movie, you're right. It seems like probably some of his character's awkwardness was coming from him, but it just made it Hans made Gruber it. so interesting. Yeah, like, he's it made so it more interest. interesting. Yeah. The first movie I saw Alan Rickman in was probably Dogma. 
I think the if I saw Dogma later on. I think the most attractive that I think that I find Alan Rickman is in Dogma and in um, Love Actually. And that's oh. when he has, like, he has shorter hair. Yeah, that's right. And he's wearing, like, suits and stuff, and he's just kind of, like, an awkward... He's not a villain. He's just, like, an awkward... Because here's he's the thing... He's kind of a villain in Love Actually. He kind of is, yeah. I'm totally breaking into Abby's, um, what she wrote, but, but I just want to say that I think Alan Rickman is more attractive... Because of the way his face is, he's su- he has such a weird face that when he's a villain, you're expecting more of a weird face. Yeah. But when he's just like a regular guy, I mean, in, in Dogma, he's an angel, but he's still kind of dressed and acts like a normal person. But he looks like that. And you're like, what? Yeah. You look like that? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's so interesting looking. Anyway. Okay. So, so Abby says, um, oh, Abby says, anyway, back to being on topic. <laughs> Thanks, Abby. (laughs) Um, Anyway, back to being on topic. Hans is just so charming and charismatic that it's super easy to forget how evil he is. Seriously, he's fucking evil as shit. He didn't even hesitate before killing Takagi. He just was like, okay, and shot him in the head. That's horrible, but also kind of awesome in a way. I mean, I've kind of always had a thing for villains, I guess, but this is different. Usually I like villains and more of a, damn, I really fucking hate you, but it's so entertaining to hate you. But with Hans, it's more of a, you're so evil, but I love you anyway. I hope you win. You're so amazing (laughs) kind of feeling. I just love him. Seriously, I do watch the movie hoping he'll win. It's honestly hard for me not to. He's just so interesting, whereas John McClane, in my opinion, is kind of your stereotypical asshole. I already understand his character by the time Hans arrives, and Hans is... Oh, my mom's calling. (laughs) Decline. (laughs) Um, That's the thing, too. Like I said, I understand John McClane very quickly. You don't understand Hans very quickly. I mean, if you think about it, we barely know anything about him at all, and yet I feel like I do because Alan Rickman plays him so well. You can tell he really put a lot of thought into the character, so much that there's pretty much no backstory in the movie at all, and he's still completely well-rounded, he's still a completely well-rounded character. And I feel like that'll battle a lot of the side characters. It's just an impeccable movie, really. Yeah. We can tell so much about him just by watching, and it's amazing. It's like the personification of showing instead of telling. I love it. I also love how much of a genius he is. I'm certain if it had been some other cop loose in the building and not John McClane, Hans would have won. His plan was perfectly immaculate, and I'm assuming he researched a lot because he's a perfectionist. But McClane is also smart, a different kind of smart, more like a MacGyver kind of smart, but smart nonetheless. They're each other's foil, and that's why Die Hard is so great. Seriously, I love this movie with my whole heart, and Hans is 98% the reason why. The other 2% is because it's a fucking masterpiece. I could honestly talk about it the whole day, but I'm already rambling enough. Uh, and the, and uh, Sorry, that's how it ends. But um, Abby's really cool. She actually made this amazing video where she... It's like a full HD, really high-end... High uh, I think it's a Vimo video where she did die hard as an anime opening <laughs> and it's fantastic like it's not cheesy it's it's actually like very impressive i cool. posted on my facebook <laughs> <laughs> so any i have i have some other like little like dumb tidbits and stuff do you guys have anything else no 
I found some fan videos on YouTube dedicated to Hans Gruber. One of them is to Justin Timberlake's Sexy Back. Another one is um, Like What by Tommy. And it's, I think the chorus is like, welcome to the party, like what? Like what? Oh, okay. Like a white girl, I think. Yeah. (laughs) And then um, The Ecstasy of Gold by Metallica. And then um, a remake of Toxic, Britney Spears' Toxic. Oh. So those are uh, the songs chosen to describe Hans Gruber by the fans. And um, I went through, I haven't done the, I haven't done my little tidbits in a while, but I think I'm getting back into the groove. But my favorite Tumblr tags that I saw being used to describe people's elation at seeing Hans Gruber on their Tumblr dashboard were um, hotness. Just fuck me up. How is he so hot? Hans Gruber is so hot. Oh my God, help. I'm Grubin. I thought you'd like that. <laughs> I knew Eric would like that one. I'm Grubin. The Ellen Rickman situation has been going on since I was like eight. Hell yeah, well-dressed villains. And then my personal favorite from Tumblr URL, Jimmy McKill. Shakes fist at heaven. Get back down here and punish my cervix. <laughs> <laughs> Can yeah. we put that as the hashtag for when you put this sure. episode out? That's hilarious. Get back down here. <laughs> uh, yeah. What kind of food would it be? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Let me think about it. It has to be something sophisticated. But a little pretentious. I'm thinking like, just like a shot of espresso. But like expensive, like maybe it's made from that. Oh, it's like the like the bat poop coffee. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, was it bat poop or mon- monkey poop where they eat? The I almost thought it was monkey, it but then at the then they, honestly maybe it's both. Little rich for me. Yeah. So yeah. it's monkey bat poop espresso shot for me. Just plain and rich because no one gives a fuck. I was thinking more like a like a nice crispy duck with like caviar sauce thing happening, and like really like those really cute little vegetables on the side of the plate I'm just picturing everything's him. just like plated really beautifully i'm just picturing hans eating that that's nice mm-hmm. thank you for that image. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> i think because you're rooting for the bad guy on this one wait he's eating just like little tiny bites at a time yeah just okay, like with of course dainty <laughs> dainty i mean you're rooting for the bad guy on this one so much that i think i would say the um there's this little bird and the way that you eat it, like... The bird from Hannibal? I don't know if it's in Hannibal, but, like, oh. that you drown it in wine. That's right. And everybody, yeah. like, eats it with, like, a blanket over their head to cover what? their shame. Because, oh, yeah, you, like, drown the bird in brandy. Oh, that's something different. And then, okay. like, serve it up. And it's just this tiny little endangered bird that, like, apparently it's super, super good, but people and wear a napkin whole, over their right? head. Yeah, and you, like, hide your shame. I think he's kind of like that meal because people aren't... Without the napkin, though, because people aren't ashamed of rooting for Hans Gruber, really. Okay. Yeah. They're, like, pretty o- o- in the open about supporting this kind of evil. And that's an awkward meal. You hit all the nails on the head. It's a great meal. There's, <laughs> um, you said without the napkin, so we are talking about the same little bird delicacy in an episode of Hannibal that I always mention, because it's my favorite thing ever. In NBC's Hannibal, they eat this little bird, and it's kind of like, it's, like, crispy. There's no, like, dippy 
did you say that you dip it in wine? You drown to kill the bird. You drown, drown it in, in brandy. Wine. Yeah, and that's how you like start the is it not marinade. Is it not cook? How do you no, I think how do you, you prepare it? You cook it after that. After oh, okay. after you murder it with wine, then you cook it. Okay. Okay. So, so there's yeah, like a still, super evil process to this. Whole so still thing. still same bird. Um, in the show, Hannibal and Will Graham they eat this bird, and he's just like. It's the coolest shit ever. You gotta try it. And Will's like, got it. With, like, a thumbs up. And they, like, just slowly and really smugly just put the whole bird in their mouth and just crunch. You hear, like, the little bones crunching and everything. And they're just, like, really, like, pretentious about it. Like, they're the coolest people ever. So I feel like that specifically sounds a lot like the food that hunts would be. Why do they have to drown it in What? Why do they have to brown it in brandy? Because they're assholes. I think it's just the French process. They were like, this is how you do it. This, this is, is like how sh- it is done. Yeah. All right. I think it's probably something to do with like the freshness of the meat from when you kill it. It's a smaller bird, so yeah. you really can't let it sit once you've killed it before you prepare it. So I think it's just part of that. Okay. It's a very strange tradition the... that arose from a long time ago. And... Mm-hmm. It's just like how in America you just boil lobsters by throwing them in the water alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in Japan, you... they lightly pan fry fish and then you eat them while they're still alive. You just you just start scooping it. Oh, wow. Scooping up, scooping up their body with your fork and they're just oh. look, looking at you. That's They're cooked a little bit. <laughs> that would be too much. It really me. sucks. I mean, at least the bird just drowns and then you eat it after it's dead. Yeah. That's nice. That's and it drowns in brandy, so I'm sure it gets a little buzz. Yeah. I mean, where it goes. All the oxygen leaves their brain before it even drowns, and all the oxygen leaves its lungs. Very small Fish brains. die like that, yeah. too. Like when you go fishing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love talking about the. I'm such an angry vegan. <laughs> when you go fishing, the hook goes into their mouth, which is, like, basically the only part of their body where they have nerves. So it's, it'd basically be, like, putting a hook into your own mouth, and then you rip out the hook, and they usually die from, like, shock. They, like, oh. ha- they die of heart attacks. Oh. Yeah. So that's how fish break, die. When I fish, I break the fish's neck as soon as I pull it yeah, out. Yeah, because it puts them out of their misery. <laughs> yeah. And they stop flopping, so I can put them in the cooler. Yeah. <laughs> there's a practical side to it, and there's also, like, it's just much easier. You just, you stick to the neck. Uh, you put a stick down their mouth, and then you just crack the yeah. neck just really, really quick, and if, they're yeah. just like, Ugh. If you go fishing, like, if you're going to cause that much trauma and pain, like, totally catch the fish and just, like, kill it right away. Like, chop off its head. Yeah. Bring, it, like, bring it right your machete away. and just... Yeah. Because then you're at least, like, That's partially, would, like, cool, I guess. That's how we would do it. Good. <laughs> but breaking the neck, I feel like that would have been way less messy. Mm-hmm. So, Merry yeah. Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Well, if you're like me, like, you know, we grew up eating, like, the whole fish. So, like, the cheeks on fish are really, really good. So, like, just chopping the head off and throwing that away, that's no good. Because yeah, the yeah, eyeballs are delicious. Like, you got to fry the whole thing up. Okay. So, you just crack the neck so you can clean it without... I grew up, um, not to, like, be pro, like, fish or anything, but I grew up uh, with, like, Greek food mm-hmm. and we would take smelt or just like those really like tiny fish yeah smelt and you'd just fry the whole mm-hmm. thing whole and then you just eat the whole thing yeah my girlfriend just tried that for the first time we went to vermont to visit my folks on the way to hong kong which you know doesn't it makes sense if you see the flight schedule but um she had smelt at the restaurant we were at and it was good it's yeah. definitely um when it's done right it's not like briny like oysters but yeah. you still have a little bit of that sea salt tiness 
Yeah. And then the fishiness is balanced well with the the fry and the salt. And the one she got was good. I think if you're, like, squeamish about trying it, it's better to, like, just break their bodies in half and eat it from the middle out. So you just that have to you... remember that all their bones are, like, hollow and they get well, I mean, turned if you... into, like... It's so thin by the time you're eating it yeah. that it's yeah. not going to, like... It's not going to stab you on the inside. No, I I mean, if you're squeamish about their heads and their tails. Oh, yeah. Or you can just not do it at all. I got over the heads thing. (laughs) I got over the heads thing by eating, like, the cheek and eyeballs separately. And then I was like, oh, you can just put the whole thing in your mouth, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I was eating cheeks on, like, bigger fish like trout where you don't... It's harder to just eat the whole head on its own. And the cheek muscle is, like, if you were going to make it round, it'd be, like, a dime to a nickel-sized amount of meat per cheek but it's the like it's so tasty because you know they're chewing all day and they're moving the mouth all day like yeah it gets really hearty there's no like fat there or anything not that i know the fat in fish is good for you it's all like omega b fat like it's, oh, it's really good <laughs> but uh some people yeah, don't I even didn't. realize how good yeah, it is i didn't i wonder if hans gruber would eat the heads and the tails I feel would. like he I think would. He's practical. Yeah. He'd be like, fuck it. Like, he just wouldn't care. He just. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he definitely would. It's the height of sophistication. What if it was, like, the fish that are, like, all, like, fatty and gross and they look like clowns or something? Is catfish? Yeah, I guess. What if he ate one of those? I bet he wouldn't. I bet he wouldn't do he that. He probably wouldn't, but I love catfish because I'm. <laughs> yeah. my- half my family southern so they, yeah. like, that was the first fish i caught things. was a catfish and they are ugly looking they're not they're ugly them. and the thing about them is that they're bottom feeders yeah so they end up with a bunch of trash in their belly that's do the... you have to like kind of clean them out yeah, yeah. you got to be careful basically you don't eat it if you caught it in certain areas in yeah. vermont the water's so clean that even if it's got into our pond via like new jersey it still would have had enough good fresh water and stuff through its system that we ate it we totally ate it and it was mm-hmm. delicious I like it because it's like kind of salty. You don't really have to do much to the it. The fish is salty? Yeah, like That's it has a taste to it. It's kind of like eating like crow or seagull versus maybe like pigeon or like not chicken. Like we're still talking like a fish you might normally not eat would be like maybe like pike, even though pike is delicious. Or, yeah, I don't uh, know if I've ever had that. Pike is good. We caught a pike in our pond once, but that like came in through a lake because they're a bigger freshwater fish and we're not really sure why it swam up that way but it was delicious yeah um i bought some vegan shrimp once Mm. and (laughs) you know the i've had mock crab before and i was not impressed (laughs) well isn't most like like the canned shredded crab like not even crab it's like fish yeah yeah yeah. okay so the the vegan prawns that i bought you know the plastic to get fish's attention, not like bait, but it's like the little allure. Yeah. Allure. Yeah. So you know the 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 shrimp lures that are made out of plastic. Mm-hmm. The vegan prawns I got looked like that and tasted like that. Oh, well, that's not oh. very good. So yeah. it was gross, and we threw we bought it, and we threw it away because it was like we accidentally went to a tackle shop and bought some. Did it some have that smell tackle? to it? Too? No, like... it smelled fine, and they were, oh. I think they were breaded too, but when you take the breading off, it looks and tastes just like fishing tackle. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It was terrible, but, um. Yeah, that sounds horrible. And then, I guess there's, like, breaded crab cakes you can get now that are vegan, and we haven't tried those yet just because Alan isn't wild about, um, seafood, but I'm yeah. gonna try it sometime. Uh, oh, so man, Merry Christmas, rough. everybody. Uh, happy holidays. 
Yeah, Merry Christmas. Uh, fish, Hans Gruber. Drowned bird. I don't know. Attractive buildings. Um, <laughs> bombing. Bombing. If you haven't watched it yet this Christmas season, it's time for you to get in touch with your mm-hmm. feelings. Yeah, I yeah. would I would not be mad if I had to watch Die Hard again before the end of December. I would welcome that. See if you get all grubered up. Yeah, yeah. that'd be fine. And I, I mean, I just love those characters. Johnson and Johnson, <clears throat> if that's their names. Those two FBI agents, those are great. Ortolan Bunting is what it's called. Yeah, that's the name of the bird. Yeah. Ortolan yeah. Bunting. They force feed it, drown it in... Arm oh yeah, it? I forgot that you gavage it first. Yeah, so yeah. you force feed it, then drown it. You Arms really abused the shit mag- out of this bird. A magnet? Drown in a magnet. Whatever that is. And then roasted. People are gross! <laughs> uh, oh, and you only drape your head to preserve the precious aromas. It's not really shame. Oh, <laughs> precious aromas. It's precious aromas. Well, I guess somewhere down the line people thought it was hiding their shame. Oh, but and to not. hide from God. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Because it's so sinful, eh? You totally just effed that bird. You know, I feel like that's so extreme, Eric. Maybe you should have saved that food for someone even more, like, decadent than, like, Hans Gruber, even. Nah, because I root for Hans Gruber, so yeah. it's like... I feel like it fits. It's like, all right, all the right. rooting for evil part of it really has to be there, and it's hard when... Like, if you were hanging out with Hans Gruber, you'd be like, oh yeah, I'll join your troop. Whereas if, like, you're hanging out with the alien queen, you'd run away. Or try and kill it. So you're not rooting for it in that case. As yeah. sinfully delightful as the alien queen is. Alien queen has had no boyfriends. No. Who? I don't know why I say who. I know who we're doing next month. We're doing Rita. What's her last name? Repulsa. Rita, Rita Repulsa. Rita Repulsa from Power Rangers. <laughs> My husband just popped his head through the hallway and just started shaking his head again. He does that. He always disapproves of, of us. That's fine. Uh, maybe we'll have him on the show. I think uh, he said the only time he'd ever be on this podcast is if we did Gadget from the Rescue Rangers. Oh my god. But she's not a villain. No, no. Unless there's like one episode where she's like turns evil or something. We're not gonna. I guess we're not gonna have him on the podcast though. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy December and happy winter. And we'll see you in the new year. Woo! We'll crawl out of 2016. And we'll we'll go take a nice shower and never speak of it again. 2016 (laughs) was a bummer. Bummer! (laughs) Such a bummer. It's such a bummer year. (laughs) 